Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Thank you for being here. As I said, it's a really it's a great joy to open up the phone lines today. And uh, again, I'm personally very grateful for you, um, listeners who care in, about knowing and doing the will of God, uh, but who also know that uh, the Catholic faith uh, takes us deeper into the mysteries of life. And it helps us understand the lessons of history. And it allows us to go into the depths of the human heart. Every year, since I can remember, we've taken at least one day a year to open the phone lines and ask you to recommend a book or two or three to Crest in the Afternoon listeners. And sometimes we've done the show in June as a summer reading season, you know, uh, recommendation. And almost always during Advent when Christmas gift buying is on people's minds. And I think I'll take a moment just to let you know that how important books have been in my own spiritual growth and development. And I, I could extend that to members of my family as well, but I'm going to hold off on that. I'll just talk about myself personal, uh, just the atomistic, this guy, uh, Al Cresta. But without a doubt, it was my encounter with Scripture in 1973 and 1974. The, the Word of God showed me that Jesus, the Jesus of the New Testament was not the ascended master of the New Age movement that I was a part of. And this produced a crisis of conscience. It produced a crisis of faith. The New Age group at that time, this is a long time ago now, the New Age group of which I was a member taught that our teachings were compatible with all the great world religions, including Christianity and Judaism. And I had been assured as a 21, 22-year-old that there was no real conflict between the Bible and the teachings of Guy and Edna Ballard, or the ascended masters that they claimed to represent. Uh, it's not necessary for me to go into detail about them, but it, it turned out that I realized what they had taught was false. The, the New Testament presented Jesus as the exclusive means of access to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. He was not just one of a great pantheon of ascended masters. He was unique and the exclusive means of access to the Father. There's a direct contradiction. And no matter how foggy my brain was with some New Age nostrums, I could still recognize a direct contradiction. There was another one, too, that was very obvious. The key teaching of the Gospels in St. Paul, that Christ died for our sins, was crucified for our sake, that he was, in fact, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that teaching had no place. In fact, it was rejected as sinister in the New Age doctrine that I'd been chewing on for five years. So I had a crisis of authority. It was provoked, again, by reading the Scripture. And the New Age group... Uh, couldn't be right, because what they claimed about the Bible was obviously false. But that didn't mean that what the Bible taught was true. The New Age group might be wrong, but that didn't make Christianity true. So, who comes to my rescue but C.S. Lewis with Mere Christianity and many other of his books presented the Christian faith in a winsome and compelling way. Other writers followed. Francis Schaeffer, the evangelical Protestant apologist and evangelist, helped me understand how a Christian should live in a fallen world. And once I got out of college, I was hired to actually manage Christian bookstores and became even more familiar with the rich variety of Christian writers. Uh, I was general manager of a chain of 10 stores, and I trained our workers. We actually had workshops on this to recommend books 
the way a doctor writes a prescription. You find out what ails the uh, potential customer, and you find a book to relieve the confusion that the person is feeling. Maybe somebody's looking about uh, looking for a spouse. Well, here are books on uh, dating and waiting and relating and mating. Right, you know, give your prescription. Later on, I was asked to try my hand at talk radio, and of course, authors of various books became guests. Review copies started coming my way, and my personal library grew to twenty-five thousand books, and that was twenty years ago. Then electronic and digital books came on the scene. My friend Steve Ray introduced me to a digital library system specializing in theology and biblical studies. And I now have 40,000 of those digital books, all right? When I was struck down with necrotizing fasciitis 20 years ago, my friend Dave Hopkemeyer gave me an incredibly important book. It was called Suffering in Other Words. It was by a Benedictine monk, which very few people read today. But it was the most important book that I read during that time. Now, I agree with Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12.12, where he says, My son, be warned, the writing of many books is endless, and excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and I can't tell you how many frustrating hours have been spent simply trying to classify books. Um, But at the same time, when St. Paul was in prison, he commanded Timothy, his protege, that, quote, when you come, bring the overcoat, which I left at Troas with Carpus, and bring the books, especially the parchments. So Scripture warns that books can be excessive, but at the same time, books can be necessary for our well-being. And uh, if you're a regular listener to this program, you'll know we do highlight books of our top 35 interviews. The countdown starts tomorrow, by the way. Of the top 35 interviews, 14 of them uh, grow out of book interviews. So today is our annual book recommendation program. I'm asking you to give me a call and offer a book or two or three that have been important to you in the last year. It didn't have to be published this year, but it had to impact you this year. I already presume that the Bible and the Catechism are important to to you, so don't include them. They go without saying. So here it is. What books helped you and books that you want others to experience, books that educate or exhort, or encourage, or edify, or evangelize, or engage the culture, or arrest the attention of your children and grandchildren. All right, the number is one 573 7825 That's one 573 7825 Looks like Carolyn got in here, uh, actually, before we opened up the phone lines and left a message saying she wants to recommend Searching for and Maintaining Peace, a small treatise on peace of heart by Father Jacques Philippe. Philippe a excellent, excellent choice. And also Pope Benedict's encyclical, his second encyclical, Saved in Hope, uh, vital. People should really read uh, Pope Benedict's encyclicals, John Paul II's encyclicals, and Pope Francis's encyclicals. Well, let's go to your calls now. Uh, they're beginning to line up. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We'll go to Dan in Farmington Hills, Michigan. How you doing, Dan? Real good. Good to be talking to you, Al. Yeah. Hey, um, I got two to recommend to you. One of them, I sent in a copy to you. You probably haven't read it yet from my buddy Tom Nash. Uh, the uh, I asked him to give you a copy. It's yeah. uh, Through the Eyes of Jesus by uh, C. Allen Ames. 
And I came across this about six months ago, was absolutely stung to the heart. And it's got the, uh, what, what's the proper verbiage, imprimatur on it? Yeah. Uh, basically, this author, C. Allen Ames, he had visits by our blessed Lord in the late 1990s. And our Lord told him, I want you to, very similar to St. Faustina, I want you to write this down. And he explained to him, he said, there were many other things that happened to me during my years of ministry, my three years of public ministry, that aren't recorded in the Gospels I want people to know about. So it's a it's a, like a first-person presentation. And at the beginning of the book, he, the author says, you know, this was met with a lot of skepticism, including a uh, the archbishop of his area. And he sent a priest as, what do they call it, a devil's advocate, yeah. who was also skeptical. And when the priest sat down with the C.N. Allen Ames and actually went through it, he, he after thorough, thorough going over what was being presented there, he went back to the experts and said, this really happened. He said, our Lord really did appear to this guy, and he did give him this stuff. The proof is in the pudding. I've I've probably given out 40 or 50 copies since I read it. I was okay. so stung to the heart. The friends now, and family. Now, now this, this... People come back to me, and they're, they're in tears. Yeah. They said, I... I felt closer to our blessed Lord than I ever okay. have. And th- I mean, it's a remarkable the impact that this book is having okay. on people. Now, I want to make sure I've got it straight. This is the book by C. Allen Ames, Through the Eyes of Jesus? Correct. Okay. That's in the, and it's uh, very powerful. We, uh, we've it's got it on the list here, and I will take a look at it. And then you had one other one, I think. Yeah, uh, and you're probably familiar with from This goes back decades, but it's still having incredible impact on people. It's called Struck by Lightning by Gloria Polo. Hmm. And I've probably given over about the last two decades. All I've right. probably given out 200 copies. Well, let me... I, love, I, re- I love books, and I love to give out books yeah, to the, to the faithful. <laughs> and so, I uh, do, too. Uh, and this one, I've got more positive feedback over the decades than anything else. People come back and say, that was the most remarkable thing I've ever read. They say, have you got any extra copies that I could give to family, friends, and loved ones? Other people on their own wherewithal went out and bought copies. Uh, and I've had a couple of identical incidences where uh, somebody had a loved one, maybe a parent, that had dropped away from the faith, had been away from the faith, maybe even anti-Catholic for mm-hmm. years or decades. And they gave them a copy of this book. And, after they, and it's a real short read. Yeah. And after they read the book, they picked up a phone and called a priest and made that confession. Yeah, Dan, I'll tell you, I'm gonna. Uh, we've got those on the list. I need to move on to get some other calls in, but uh, we will make sure that we take a good look at both of them. I'm unfamiliar with both of them, but I will take a good look at them uh, when I get my hands on them. So thanks, thanks for the call. Wonderful talking to you. And let's continue conversation with Michael in Indiana, listening on Sirius XM 130. Michael, good to have you with me. Hi, Al. Hi. Love your show. Thank and you. Just wanted to say. Thank you for having all these uh, authors on. But uh, two that really touched me, one I read last year and one this year, is Light from Darkness. You had the author on um, a while back, bought the book, and it's just a much-needed book, I think, right now. Steve Weidenkopf, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a wonderful wonderful book. book. I agree. It really is. And what the church is going through right now, and, and, you know, I think one of the problems with our society today is we we don't teach history. You know, it seems we don't teach, teach history. And uh, when you go back, he does such a great job mining the history of the Catholic Church and the things that we've been through. And what we're going through today is, is nothing compared to what we've been through uh, 
in yeah. some past centuries. That is true. You know, one thing, Al, I would, yeah, one thing I would say about that book, I would say, and, and forgive me, I'm driving, but, you know, at the end of the book, he is more of like a, a call to action. I forget what he names the chapter. But I would almost say to Catholics who want to read this book, read that first and then read the book. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good good recommendation. Uh, you had a but, second one, too, though. Yes, The Sword and the Scimitar. Yeah, Raymond's book. Uh, yeah. And I, yes, and I believe you've had both of those authors on your show, and, and thank you for that. And that, that one I've recommended to a lot of people, and I think it does a great job, again, with history— uh, specifically, you know, the history of the Crusades and, and the birth of Islam, and uh, it really dispels dispels a lot of the myths yeah. um, about the growth of, of, of that religion and also uh, what Christianity truly tried to do, although there were atrocities on our side, on the Christianity side, um, you know, what, what the Pope really had in mind for the Crusades. Sure. And, and you know, it, it just dispels a lot of the myths. So those would be my two recommendations. Uh, they're great recommendations, too. Light from Darkness by Steve Weidenkopf, who we just heard from a few weeks ago, and uh, Steve, Sword and Scimitar by Raymond Ibrahim, uh, another outstanding book. Uh, we're going to continue. The number is one 573 7825 Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. This is our annual um, book recommendation day where you get a chance to share the books that have been important to you over the last year and also things that you would recommend uh, to fellow listeners here at Cresta in the afternoon. Uh, We've got a very, uh, really quite an unusual program. And so uh, the range of recommendations each year uh, always surprises me and, and stretches me. So here's the number. 1-877-573-7825. one 573 7825 Give me a call, and uh, we can talk about your uh, what you would recommend. You can also uh, note, note us at, or notice us at Ave Maria Radio and Chris in the Afternoon on both Facebook and Twitter. But right now, let's go to Diane, listening in Vermont on Sirius XM. Diane, good to have you here. Hi, Al. How are you? I'm doing well, yeah. Thanks for calling. Uh, one of my favorite books is Food for the Soul mm-hmm. by Peter Kreef. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's uh, that's a, it's a really, a, he follows the Sunday readings there and offers yep. reflections on it. Yeah, it's exceptional. Yeah. He's, he's a marvelous it's, it's, writer. It's wonderful. Yeah, I've read some of his other things, but I... Truly enjoy that every every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I was surprised. I didn't know he was working on that, and so when it came out, it it took me completely by surprise. And I was wondering, uh, you know, how if he would um, how how effective he might be. And it turns out he's actually quite good uh, doing these. He's really, excellent. Yeah, really they're is. pithy. Uh, they're sharp. Um, yeah, very good. This is called Food for the Soul. He did, he Has he finished all three? Has he finished all three yeah. yet? Okay. So they're yeah, all this out. This is the third one. Excellent. Well, Diane, this thanks. Is the third one. Yeah. Okay, you're welcome. Yeah. So, again, Peter Crave's Food for the Soul, he has all three uh, available now. They follow the readings, uh, Sunday readings. Uh, the number, again, is one eight seven seven. Five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. 
And this gives us an opportunity to also recommend, uh, if you want to reach us, go to Crest in the Afternoon or Alvin Marie Radio on Facebook or Twitter. And Omar has done that, in fact, on Facebook. And he uh, writes that my, my lifelong books since around sixth grade have been The Lord of the Rings and The Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, I've always turned to those whenever I've needed spiritual and mental inspiration and encouragement. Uh, you're not alone, Omar. <laughs> you're not alone. Uh, the it's it's the Lord of the Rings is going down as the probably the greatest uh, fantasy uh, series in the entire 20th century. And earlier this year, we talked with um, Holly Ordway, who has published just a magisterial. Uh, look at Tolkien's life. It's called um, Tolkien's Faith, a Spiritual Biography. And she goes into uh, Tolkien's inspiration for The Lord of the Rings and uh, what was behind it, how long it took, how his Catholic faith was well integrated into it. So again, uh, great recommendation. And of course, the Chronicles of Narnia, um, what can you say? Uh, We read them to our children as they were growing up, they've become part and parcel of who we are as a family, part of our family culture, too. So, Omar, great choices. Thank you. Uh, we're continuing at one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We're taking your calls on, on air, right? That's what we do. Uh, but we also can receive recommendations at Ave Maria Radio and Kristen in the Afternoon on both Facebook and Twitter. Let's go to uh, Patricia in Leesburg, Virginia, listening on the EWTN app. Patricia, good to have you with me. Thanks, Al. It's good to be here. Yeah. What's your What's your recommendation? the The book that affected me most this year was "The End of Woman" by Carrie Grass. I love Carrie. Yeah. And I think every Catholic woman should read it. Um, I'm a grandmother, and it really uh, I have four granddaughters, yeah. and it really I think informed me better than anything else I've read. Um, to help separate issues that young women are are still facing today, um, particularly in the culture. And I think it starts the conversation about what can we do so that this does not become the end of woman, but woman survives. Yeah, yeah. We we we're living in in strange times. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> when when the world begins talking about their the inability to distinguish uh, male from female, you know you're looking at a a crisis of culture. Uh, I mean, yeah. the difference between male and female is one of the first great differentiations in Scripture. Uh, so when he said he, God made us male and female, that's driving the point home. And yet we're living in a world in which uh, large influential elites have pushed this idea uh, where they try to uh, make the distinction between male and female irrelevant. And Carrie's a brilliant writer, too. So uh, I'm surprised I didn't have that book on my list. Uh, but I will make sure I get my hands on it, and we'll have Carrie on the air to talk about it. Great. Yeah, great recommendation, Patricia. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. Our number again is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Taking your calls, and we've got Mary in Boise, Idaho. Mary, nice to have you with me. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, what um, do we have? I was just getting ready to send a, a book by Henry Nowen yeah. called uh, "The Beloved." Yes, and and it's absolutely one of the most priceless things I've ever read, and it speaks directly to that notion that we all 
struggle with, and that is to accept the truth and the reality that God loves us infinitely, absolutely infinitely. And if we could just spend five minutes a day connected with that reality, it would be life-changing, and I really believe that. There's so much self-doubt. There's so many people who struggle with, you know, a lifetime of shame and, you know, lack of acceptance of themselves. And to know that our Creator loves us beyond imagination, yeah. I believe, is a healing place to um, to take that on. Yeah, He He delights in us, and uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and and, and absolutely. I I remember when that first hit me at an emotional level. It, it's in some ways it's such a simple thing to say, but when right. you, it really grabs you uh, deep, to take that to breathe in that truth and just to hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Astonishing. Astonishing. Yeah. Mary, thanks. Uh, great recommendation. You bet. Okay. Bless you. Our number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We do have lines available, by the way. Uh so give us a call now. One eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We'll go to Father Gerald in Ann Arbor. Father, good to have you here. Thanks. Hey, how good to talk with you again. Yeah. Which we which we talked. Well, more frequently. I know. I know. It's not as though we live very far away. <laughs> yeah. Last year, I, I just happened to catch this program, and I mentioned this book on transubstantiation um, uh, by Hooter. Yes. And um, this year, I, I heard your program, and I just thought, oh, there's so many people who have this lacuna about Mary and their uh-huh. spiritual life. You know, they, they want to be devoted to Mary, but they don't quite know how to. And, and, and I found this great book. Uh, by you know Manfred Hauck? Have you heard of Father Hauck? I I think he's a German theologian, isn't he? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not. Uh, I don't know him well, but I know the name. He's great. Uh, he's yeah. He's uh, prolific in his own way, and he recently uh, came out with a introduction to Mariology. Oh, really? And it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. It breaks everything down uh, in very clearly to people. You could just get this book and, and just read like little sections at a time. It doesn't have to be read sequentially. You could read okay. it according to the, to your interest. And it, it covers all the, the assumption and the, you know, the immaculate conception, biblical foundations of, of Mary and um, veneration and devotion. And, and it breaks all these things down into small categories that are biblical and um, in, in spiritual theology. And it's, it's just fantastic. Wonderful. Uh, I will make sure we get our hands on it. And uh, do you know by any? Have you ever seen him interviewed anywhere? I'm just curious if, he's, if he oh, does interviews. No. Uh, I'll, no, I'll look I, into it. I, I, he sounds like somebody, you know, if he if he can, if he's comfortable with English, love to have him on. But yeah, uh, he's 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 really great. And years ago, he did a book um, that Ignatius published on. Um, the Apostolic Origins of Priestly Celibacy. I actually actually remember um, that one. Yes, I remember yeah. that. So, but this this new book um, published by uh, Catholic University of America Press, um, really fantastic. So, and and again, I think it's accessible. I mean, personally, I, I think it's it's accessible. It's it got the daunting title, <laughs> Introduction to right, Theology, right. but. Well, um, anyone can read it. Let we'll get our hands on it, and I'm looking forward to uh, reading it and uh, getting into it. And if he's available, we'll have him on the air. So good, good idea. Thanks, I hope, Father. I hope you do. Yeah, great Take recommendation. Yeah, God bless. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We'll go to New York, where Sandy's listening on Sirius XM. 
You're up, Sandy. Hi. Um, so the number one book that I would recommend is The Power of Silence. It's by Cardinal Seurat. Yes. It's just such a great book. Me and all my friends read it, and we... I, you, you wind up highlighting so much, we were like, we just need to dip the whole book in highlighter. It's <laughs> I amazing. Know. Yeah. You know, this is, you, so, you it, mentioned you and your friends read it. That, it, let me tell you, the fact that you've got a circle of friends who read these kind of books, you are blessed because there are lots of listeners who don't have a circle of friends like that. So, yeah, you're, you're very blessed to have a circle of friends who share your interest in uh, books like Cardinal Seurat's Power of Silence. Yeah, it's wonderful. And they they introduced me to a concept I'd never thought of before. They talk about um, the crucifixion of the Blessed Mother. Yes, yes, yes. At the cross and all that she suffered. And it just, I mean, everything in it was mind-blowing. Every single paragraph contains something that's just mind-blowing. It was a great book. Very good. And you had a second one, too, didn't you? I did. So I'm about seven-eighths of the way through this biography on Carmelite Saint, uh, Saint Titus Bransma. Yes. And it, it's all about his life. He was um, sent to Nazi internment camp and um, as a political... Um, whatever you call it, <laughs> prisoner. Mm-hmm. And and he was experimented on and, and eventually killed in someone's place. So oh. it's, it's a little reminiscent of, like, St. Maximilian Colbe. Yes. You know, it just, uh, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful story about his, he's so loving when he's being persecuted. It yeah. challenges you to be well, gentle. I will get my hands on it. It sounds great. Um, again, uh, The Power of Science by Cardinal Seurat and The Price of Truth, a biography of Titus Bransma. Thanks, Sandy. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. We have uh, our annual book recommendation day today. The phone lines are open. One eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Or you can go uh, online, AlvinMariaRadio uh, dot net. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter too. Leave your leave a notice there if you didn't want to go on the air. But uh, again, we have lines available. One eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Let's go to Chris in Hershey, Pennsylvania, listening on Holy Family Radio. Chris, good to have you here. Thanks, Al. We we met many years ago in Philadelphia at the Catholic Medical Association. Yes, uh, I spoke there. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you something. Had I lost my leg by that time? You had. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was fairly soon before that, I think. Yeah. I remember it. But my children remen- remember you fondly. You, you ate breakfast with us there. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, at the head table. Very uh, nice. President at the time. Well, good. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, Jesus of Nazareth by, by Pope Benedict. There's yeah. three books. Um, amazing insights. Absolutely. Um, have, yes. 
the, what what I found interesting, and um, I was hoping for him to talk about the bread of life discourse, but he talked about other things, mm-hmm. all of which were were fascinating. So yeah, he it's it's a very unusual uh, uh, book. It's a it's a three books as you mentioned, and the life of Jesus. It's he it's his own search. I, I thought it was interesting uh, in the introduction to the first volume. You know when it came out. Uh, he made it clear that this was really his personal search for the face of right. Christ. And uh, he said, you know, this is not magisterial teaching, so you know, p- scholars are free to disagree with me and all that. But I thought it was just, it's, it's so much like my image of him. Brilliant, right. but deeply right. devoted to the Lord. So he has right. these, he's on top of all the academic material, but He's able to use even the the uh, higher criticism of the text to come up with powerful insights into the reality of Jesus. It, it's a everybody should definitely read uh, some of this material because it it also put, I put you in touch with him as a person. I think nothing else has he written that makes me feel like I'm talking to him as a man. Uh, as this Jesus of Nazareth series that he did. It's a great, great series. Agreed. Yeah. It, he takes apart Scripture scholars in a in an almost playful way, yep. too. Yep. Um. <laughs> yeah, he knows that he knows <laughs> he, he he knows the arguments and he knows when they're bogus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Well good. Chris, thanks. How great old how old you. are your kids now? The oldest is 21, the youngest is 13, so it's Good. been a few years. It has been. Yeah. All right. I have three at Christendom, so, um, but, yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. I, in fact, I was just, earlier today, I was uh, letting people know that, uh, you know, pe- people are looking for a life-changing experience this summer that will strengthen their child's faith and immerse them in a, uh, a joyful Christian culture. They can go to Christendom College High School Summer Program. It's the best week ever. Sure, these guys call it. Right, it's in Shenandoah Valley. Right. So uh, I guess a little yes. a little plug in there for my friends at Christendom. So. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks. Thanks, Al. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That that is uh, if you get a chance to read at least portions of. Ratzinger's Jesus of Nazareth, do it, just to acquaint yourself with the man. And uh, again, for those interested in uh, the Christendom Colleges, Colleges High School Summer Program, the best week ever, uh, just go to um, thebestweekever.com, bestweekever.com. All right, let's uh, talk to George in Monroe Township in New Jersey, listening online. George, good to have you here. Thank you, Al. It's good to be on your program. Thank you. I'd like to uh, recommend to your listeners, because I've just finished it, uh, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy. You had the authors, the Gonzaleses, on your program. Yep. It was a great interview. I couldn't wait to get the book. I got it. I read it. I don't know words. It's the best book I've ever read. Uh, about any mar- uh, Marian apparition, and if anybody had any doubt about <clears throat> what exactly uh, transpired with uh, Juan Diego on that hilltop, they they really 
need to read this book. It's an easy read, but uh, intellectually uh, full. Yep. And uh, you'll never find a better uh, book on the subject, in my opinion. I, I agree. Uh, I saw it before it was published, and I was enthusiastic about it. I, I actually know Monique from years ago. Uh, she was here in Ann Arbor, and we became acquainted. And then um, she, she and Joseph married, and they got involved in this project. And Joseph, of course, is, is an outstanding musician and uh, uh, composer, uh, and producer, and they got involved in this project, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy. And it's like, wow, why did you guys do this? And Joseph explains it in the book, why he was driven to follow this up. And the fruit of their research, I think, is going to be with us, lasting for a long time. And I agree, I don't know anything else that comes close to looking at the phenomenon uh, of Our Lady Guadalupe, the Tilma, uh, the Juan Diego's experience, and the culture of that period in time. This is this is really the mo- the richest look at it that I've uh, ever come across. And again, it's by Joseph and Monique Gonzalez, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy. Yeah, very good stuff. You know, and I also took the opportunity to look at some of their uh, music videos on um, YouTube, etc. They're really quite striking. These are devout people. Or they had their moment of uh, of doubt concerning the apparition. They yeah. reaffirmed their belief, and anybody who takes the time to read it, and I strongly recommend they do. It's a beautiful book by beautiful people, and uh, thank God it's uh, available to us as, as Catholics and uh, and uh, uh, people who love uh, our Blessed Mother. Amen. George, thanks. I really appreciate thanks, it. Great recommendation. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. If you want to leave a message uh, on Twitter or uh, Facebook, do it. Uh, we'll put it. I will share it uh, on online uh, on the air with you. Excuse me. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. And uh, we still have a few lines available. One eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. It is a. Let me tell you, it's it's incredibly encouraging uh, to me to you know be able to share with you uh, these kind of recommendations. I learn from this program uh, all the time, and uh, I, you know, after a while, you become familiar with. You might say the con- conventional, conventional way of thinking um, as a Catholic, and this program always stretches that and brings uh, again uh, material, ideas, experiences, stories, biographies of people that enrich uh, my understanding of what it means to be a Catholic. Let's go to Cleveland right now, and Oscar is there on 1260 AM. Good to have you, Oscar. Thanks. Hi, Al. Hi. Great to be on the show. Thank you. Um, thank you for all the years of service. Uh, the, uh, the one booklet I had, I used to 
keep a stack near my front door for the door-to-door evangelist. But, yes, uh, yes. One of them was Joel Peters, the Scripture Alone, 21 Reasons to Reject Sola Scriptura. Sure, sure. And then since that can be kind of tough for uh, for a Protestant to take, I I usually followed that up with the Pillar of Fire, Pillar of Truth booklet from Catholic Answers. Oh, yeah, I remember. Also available online for free, and I still share here and there with people. Yeah. Yes, they, I remember when they produced that for World Youth Day uh, many years ago now. Uh, yeah, that's very good. And um, Joel Peters, it's 21 Reasons to Reject Sola Scriptura. Is that it? Yeah, those two really got me hooked on the apologetic side of things. Yeah. Uh, well, that'll strengthen your faith. The faith. Yeah, that'll anchor you. You, you. The heart can't rejoice in what the mind rejects. And what apologetics does is it removes obstacles to authentic belief. And I've always been involved in apologetics. My first two books that I published were books in apologetics. And it's difficult to publicly speak of the Catholic faith today without engaging in apologetics because the misunderstandings are so common and so many uh, and you want to be able to brush those aside so people can actually see Jesus. Uh, a lot of times they're, they're not able to see Jesus because of false impressions. I mean, I, I've said many times, I do not understand how some of these uh, misunderstandings persist. For instance, the idea that there's a constant warfare between science and religion. Historians of science don't believe that. That is completely contrary to the whole history of science, which shows most of the time cooperation between science and religion. Yes, there are dust-ups every once in a while here and there, but overall Christians uh, were responsible for the scientific revolution and for its persistence. But same thing here. This is why we need apologetics. Same thing with Scripture. You know, There are many people who believe that Scripture alone is what the Bible teaches, but it doesn't. There's nowhere in the entire canon of Scripture which says that the biblical text alone should be our sole authority. Can't find it, you know. So you got to have you got to have these uh, these issues at your fingertips, especially when people come to the door. Do they still come to your door? Do they ever come back? Um. Some of them have stopped coming back. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to be polite, and I'd say, uh, sure, I'll, I'll take your materials if I can share something with you. And, and of course, some of them are not allowed to take it, so we kind of yeah. end there. Yeah, and yeah. Thank you, but that's that. Yeah. Did I ever tell the story of, this was 19, probably 1979 or 1980, where uh, I was had been meeting with Mormon missionaries, you know, I was I was not a Catholic at the time, but I was an active, mission-minded evangelical Protestant, and I was taping the conversations we were having. They didn't know it, and this is the time when we had those those tape machines, you know, the big ones, reel to reel, and oh, yeah. and I had the thing running in our living room. Uh, it was behind, you know, behind a couch, and um, we were talking. And, uh, you know, I'm challenging them. I was trying to develop a, a series called How to Witness to Mormons, the, How to Witness to the Mormons on Your Doorstep, 
The idea, I got that from Walter Martin, the, the classic uh, counter-cult evangelist who unfortunately died in the early 1980s. But, but I'm sitting there having these conversations with, with these Mormon missionaries, and the darn tape machine runs out. And all of a sudden, you hear the reel, you know, making the noise. It's spinning and spinning and spinning and making this noise. And the Mormon missionary said, are you, are you taping us? <laughs> I had to say I was. It was embarrassing. <laughs> it was. Uh, Al, you mind if I, if I share one more book that really helped me when I started looking back into the, the going to Mass and trying to understand what's going on at Mass? Yeah, no, do it. You've probably heard of the book by, I think his name is Michael, du, Michael Dubrio. Yes. The How-To Book of the Mass. Yes. Subtitle: Everything you need to know, but no one ever taught you. Being being a convert and then a bit of a revert after several years, that was really helpful to go through and and really better understand what's going on from the time we walk in the doors of church and everything that happens during during mass. Very good. Yes, I I do remember uh, that book. I haven't seen it for quite a while though, so I'll have to look it up again. Oscar, thanks. I hear the music coming up. And uh, do appreciate you. you being with me and uh, making your recommendations. We've got them written down. We'll publish them, of course. Uh, they'll be available at AveMariaRadio.net and the Crested Guest Archives. Now, Nick in Poland, Ohio, stay with us. Tim in Fort Worth, Texas, we'll be talking. I'm Al Cresta. The number is one 573 7825 